Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Good evening. Uh, I've got some questions here, but as ever, just uh, feel free to chip in if you've got anything to uh, uh, add to the proceedings. So um, I'm going to kick off with this one here. It goes something like this. Can I have a tummy tuck with a chest wall deformity? This is a patient who inquired and when they said they've got a chest. So basically the, the, the common chest wall deformities are um, either sort of an indentation of your, of your sternum or a prominence of your sternum. Um, technical terms being pectus excavatum and pectus carinatum, which is where the, the sternum's either got a dent or, or, or a prominent. And when this person first asked this question, when I, when I saw that there was someone asking because they had a chest wall deformity, I assumed they were talking about breast implants. Um, but they're talking about a tummy tuck. And the, the reason they're asking the question is because someone else has said they couldn't have the tummy tuck. And it's always worrying when you hear that because I'm thinking, have I missed something? Um, because I can't see how a tummy tuck would affect, would have, a, have, an, effect, have a, an effect on chest wall deformity or vice versa. Um, there is an issue with, I mean, it would have been a better question with like kind of a breast augmentation would have been sort of more common. Maybe we'll do that next week, but um, no, I'll do it now. But because, I mean, the thing about breast augmentation is that um, when you have a chest wall deformity and whether that be a chest wall deformity or a spinal um, um, malalignment, scoliosis, um, which can cause your chest to tilt. If your chest tilts, um, then you have got to be a bit aware of that if you're having breast augmentation because the augmentation can accentuate any sort of asymmetry or tilt of the chest wall so if you have a slight tilt with the chest wall nipple might be pointing a little bit laterally if you have a augmentation and augment that the little the nipple will look like it's pointing even more laterally so um, it can accentuate a tilt of the chest wall so we would normally say to people if you have a chest wall deformity consider having the chest wall deformity um, fixed before you have your breast augmentation, although that might be a big thing, a big deal. And so um, some people say, look, I don't want to do that. And if they don't want to do that, then you have to say, well, you might get a bit of an asymmetry, etc. But this is breast augmentation I'm talking about here. So um, the patient who was asking about a tummy tuck, uh, I cannot see how the chest wall deformity would have a bearing on the tummy tuck. Just can't see it not seeing it so i would say in my view just based on that question as it stands absolutely fine the only thing that worries me is the patient that has been turned down by another doctor which makes me wonder if there's something else if it's not the chest wall deformity if there's something else um that they perceived it to be the chest wall deformity so you know what i would say to them if you're out there uh you know give us give us a, a ring and well, I think they already have given us a ring. That's why I asked the question. But, you know, we can do a call, a call or you can come to clinic and we'll discuss things and see where we are. And if I don't think you're suitable or not, I'd say I, 
um, one of us, uh, one of the team, one of the surgical team, because we've got a surgical team, um, don't think so, then we'll give you consultation feedback. So I know a lot of people worry about paying consultation fees if we're going to say you're not suitable. So if we say you're not suitable, or if you think, you know what, that was rubbish. Um, <laughs> course that doesn't happen i'm just saying if it happens of course it never happens but in the very rare situation that might potentially happen someone says that's that was rubbish then you can have your money back basically because we're not we don't um want to uh, abuse the situation and a lot of people worry about paying the consultation fee and to be quite frank the money is mainly made with the um surgery rather than the consultation fees unlike other specialties um, where they the main source of income is the um, consultation fees um, so that's so um crikey i'm digressing a bit there but anyway bottom line is if we think you're not suitable or if, you, or if you're not suitable then we'll give you money back but i wouldn't imagine i can't see how a chest wall deformity in itself could be a problem with a tummy tuck that is my answer to that question drag that out khan is here good evening khan Brad, Khan is, I don't know what that is, Khan. Is that a wave? But I know what that is. That is thumbs up, Brad. I'm a big fan of that emoji. Big fan. Uh, Nick has come in with a question here, but we've got stuff going on on Instagram as well. Nick, hold firm, my friend. Hold firm. We're going to do Salma and Corin. Salma says, how long after, how, it's on Instagram here. How long after can you pick up children after a breast augmentation? Double after there, Salma. Just pick you up on that. Um, no need for two afters on that. We could have got away with one. How long after? How long? Uh, how could we done it in one? How? How? How long can you pick up children after breast? No, that doesn't work, does it? Um, perhaps you did need both those afters. How long after can you pick up children? A breast augmentation. Okay. Okay, fine. Have both the afters. Have it your way. Okay, have it your way. If you want to afters, who? That's not what we're about here. Okay, we're not about the semantics. We're about facts. Okay, so let's do factual based answer to that question. So it's a difficult one, Salma. We in terms of picking up children. So often when someone's having a breast augmentation, I will say first couple of weeks, you've got to take it easy, nothing heavy. So if you're doing the gym, if you're doing stuff with your upper body, nothing like that for a month to six weeks. So you can do lower body stuff after two weeks, which means the exercise bike, the stepper, nothing heavy with your upper body for four to six weeks. So if you're working in home base or if you're working in Amazon factory or something like that, where you're needing to lift and everything like that, we'll give you a sick note and say, look, no heavy lifting for four to six weeks. Depends a little bit about whether they're under or over the muscle, a little bit more uncomfortable when they're under the muscle than when they're over. But broadly speaking, that's the same sort of time scale. But when you've got children, it's a different kettle of fish. Because when you've got children, you can't not pick up your children for four weeks. I can't give you a, a signal and say no picking up of your child for four weeks. So you will pick up your child. You know, if your child comes up to you and has got the arms up and say, Mum, I need a hug because I just fall over and graze my knee, you're going to give them a hug. So what I would say to you is you just have to adapt and you have to modify. And probably if someone, you know, you will sit down and then pick them up from a sitting position rather than picking them up from a standing position to try and um, to try and you know mitigate that. Um, so, you know, if that happens straight away, you probably will do it straight away. But, you know, if you can leave off it a couple of weeks, it's twice good if your child is. A, well, 
I was about to say it's good if your child's a little bit older. Obviously, if your child's a little bit older, they're bigger, so they're heavier, but they're more likely to walk. That's why I normally say wait about a year for uh, after having a child before having a breast augmentation so that they may be able to walk a bit more, but uh, obviously they're bigger, so they're heavier. So, um, so you know, how well can you pick up children? You know, ideally, if you can leave it a couple of weeks, and it, do you know what, Sam? It doesn't matter what I say, you're going to be uncomfortable picking up in the first couple of weeks. So if you can have help around the house that would be good but the only thing you're going to do well probably the only thing you're going to do is make it swell you're probably not going to do any de desperate damage to anything you're just going to make it swell the more you do so if you can take it a bit easier and do a bit less of the old sing up then that would be a good thing to do but it is always difficult when it's children rather than you know gym and things like that because gym and stuff like that you can eat well, relatively easy not do it for a month but children you can't not do that for a month corin what you got good to see you here tonight corin uh, jj how long do you recommend waiting between surgeries i'm talking about a breast reduction and a full tummy tuck yeah not uncommon corin for people to want that sort of thing a breasty thing and then the tummy thing or vicky versa um and what i would say corin is absolute 110 percent minimum is three weeks uh, weeks months three months um probably four months so maybe i should have just said four months okay four months corin absolute rock bottom four months um if you're desperate and champion at the bit um three to four months but actually the longer you leave it the better and i understand a lot of people want to get it done just want to get it out of the way but the longer you leave it better they're both big operations, breast reduction and a full tummy tuck are both big operations and they do take a while for you to heal. So obviously it depends on how you healed, assuming you've got no problems with the healing, etc., etc. Um, assuming everything's sort of settling down, how you're feeling, they do knock you back for a good couple of months. So, you know, it six months to, there's no there's no obviously there's no upper end to it, six, twelve months. Um, personally, I would probably be happier around six months, just because your body's healed, everything's sort of um, your scars and all your tissues have settled and everything because um, you don't really want to be going to another operation when you're still having the sequelae of the first and it can take a good three six maybe even 12 months to get over these sorts of operations so champing at the bit earliest three to four months probably more four than three um, ideally I would say six months uh, in my in my view but again everyone's different Corinne and it depends on how you go because you might um, you might um, you might heal really quickly and be fine or you might like be a bit slower and things so everyone's different but that's ballpark no sick note for when you have kids absolutely sam i can't give you a sick note saying no lifting your kids yeah i have to get help love you oh thank you no thank you oh, <laughs> no i read thank you love you i guess psychologist what i was like do i say about that thank you right by the way love you vlog that's it love you right okay well struggling with the reading here love your vlogs thank you salma very kind of you to say um oh god what have i done i'm, I'm blocking report terry terry you just come up i'm going to report you i'm not going to report you um what's the difference terry big up yourself terry good to see you what's the difference in your the difference with over the muscle and under the muscle so the difference terry is that having them under the muscle does make it a little bit more uncomfortable does make it a little bit slower in terms of the recovery and there are good and bad about about them about them under and over so um the over is good because it's the opposite it's less recovery it doesn't hurt quite so much because you're not cutting the muscle it doesn't bleed as much less chance of hematoma um a bit more comfortable and the other thing about putting them under on top of the muscle is the implant is in the same place as the breast when you put them under the muscle the muscle can sometimes hold the implant high 
Sometimes the muscle can hold it wide. If you've ever seen a very wide cleavage, that's probably when they're under the muscle and they haven't released the muscle enough. Um, and sometimes you can get animation deformities, which means you, if you do do the gym or, or stuff like that, when you're moving your arm, the, the breast moves. So those are bad things by putting them under the muscle. So that would be good about putting them on top of the muscle. The good thing, so obviously, if anyone tries to tell you one's better than the other, I'd be careful. So obviously, there must be something good about it because if there's any bad things about it, that's it, you wouldn't do it. So the good thing about it is that if you're slim, particularly when you can see your, rib, your ribs, the muscle give it an extra layer of cover. They give the implant an extra layer of cover here up in the, in the upper pole. Um, so the muscle goes across like this. It doesn't cover them here in the outer and the lower pole, but uh, it gives them extra layer of cover. So you're less likely to see the edges, feel the edges, get rippling, etc. when you put them under the muscle. So under the muscle, less likely to see or feel the edges but more likely to get animation deformity or they could sit high and wide. So it's a, it's a balance. Um, excellent stuff. I've got 12 months in between music to my ears. Awesome, Corinne, awesome. Um, what we got, sorry, Facebook. Nick, what you got? Hi there, I had 360 LBL. Nick's had an LBL. Um, I'm assuming that's gonna be lower body lift I'm going with. Uh, and chest reduction, no lipo, no MR. I know what that is now. That's not Mr. That's muscle repair. I have a bulge in lower tummy. Sorry. So he's a 360 uh, lower body lift and chest reduction. No lipo, no muscle repair. Got it. I've got a bulge in lower tummy and there is looseness when I sit down. How long does it take for the swelling to fully resolve? Is there a chance that the surgeon did not remove enough skin? Finally, do you perform revision TTs, FDL with lipo, Renuvion and MR? Whoa. Not that he, he doesn't know what he wants. This man knows what he wants. He wants... Revision TT's FDL with Lipo-Renuvion and MR. Oh, right. Um, Nick. So, first quick, I was going to look at that. I've just looked down on the comments there, Nick. Uh, and I see Mrs. K's asked a question on YouTube. Oh, wow, look at that, Mrs. K. I will answer your question, Mrs. K. Um, so, Nick, I am two months post-op and noticed an ab board with the compression garment helps to reduce swelling a bit. Okay. Uh, so, that was the first thing I was going to say, Nick. First thing, Exhibit A, Nick, you've had massive surgery, um, uh, a lower body lift and a chest reduction, massive surgery. Uh, number one point, number two point, you are two months post-op. You are way too early to talk about revisions. You know, I just said, as I say to, when I was saying to Corinne, like minimum four months between surgery, I was talking there about different surgeries. You know, she was talking about breast reductions and a tummy tuck, different parts of the body. It's even worse if you're going to go back to the same part of the body. You want that to be even more settled. So you've got to leave it to settle before you even would want to go in to do surgery, just from the surgical point of view, let alone the fact that you need to let it settle. So two months, way too early. Big surgery you've had, two months, way too early. Exhibit A. Exhibit B, I've got a bulge in the lower tummy, looseness when I sit down. Okay, bulging. I mean, for bottom line, Nick, talk to your surgeon about this stuff. This is number one stuff. I feel uncomfortable talking about this stuff for someone who's two months post-op. You need to be working with your surgeon and they need to be talk, examining you, seeing what's going on, because it's difficult for me. I'm just talking to, you know, just on the words on the screen. So, you know, really your surgeon is the best man for the job. And I would imagine would want to help you out with this rather than you going online, talking to some random guy, um, you know, about, about your surgical result for this, you know, this person who's, there's a guy out there who's done your surgery who will be um, 
you know, wanting to help, I'm sure. So that's the first thing. But uh, I'll talk in general terms, Nick. So in general terms, bulging your lower tummy. I'm thinking swelling, Nick, my friend. Two months post-op, swelling. You might think, oh, I don't think it's swelling. I think it's fat. I think it's this. I think it's, it's too much skin. I think it's all that. I don't think it's swelling. I don't think it's going to get, get better. doesn't matter what you think because you're not you're too soon for a revision anyway. So you're going to have to leave it a few months anyway. So think positively. Let's hope that it's swelling. Um, you know, and as you say, the fact that it gets better with the ab board and the binder, etc., um, means that does suggest that there is some some swelling. So you know, let, let's let's be on the let's think on the positive. Yeah, let's look on the bright side and hope it's swelling. And um, and you know, so that that's it. That's that's that thing. The looseness when I sit down, probably a little bit more of a worry that um, now. I do get this sometimes when people sit down and they say, look at this, look at this. He's left this, this ear, this skin here. If there wasn't looseness when you sit down, Nick, you wouldn't be able to stand up, right? Now you've got to be able to bend in the middle, my friend. So you've got to have some laxity there. Everybody does. So everybody, when they sit down, has got a bit of looseness. The other thing I'd say to you, Nick, is that you, I'm guessing, I'm putting it out there. I'm guessing you've lost a lot of weight. Because anyone who's had a 360 degree um, lower body lift and a chest reduction has lost a lot of weight. And that means your skin has been stretched. And that means your skin has been damaged. So your 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 stretch stretching your skin, it's like um I would say an elastic band, but elastic band's not a good thing. What's the thing that loses its stretch? Something that loses its stretch. Like um not even a balloon. A balloon, maybe? Does it? Does a balloon lose its stretch? Anyway, it's like something that loses its stretch. So the skin, you stretch it once, yeah, a little bit, yeah, it recoils and pings back. But if you keep on stretching, especially if you stretch it a lot, it doesn't recoil quite so well. And your skin loses elasticity. So that happens with aging and it happens with stretching. And so people have lost significant amount of weight. That weight, their skin has been stretched by the weight. And the skin that you've got left behind, so once you've had that 360 degree lift, they've left behind, obviously, some skin, because you want some skin on your abdomen, um, and that will not be as good a quality as you might like it to be. And we can't give you back elasticity to your skin. So by definition, your skin will not be as, as, uh, as tight and taut as it was prior to your weight loss. I'm assuming you've lost weight. Um, so, um, that is something to consider that there will always be some degree of looseness and there has to be some degree of looseness when you sit down. Now, when you stand up, if it disappears, I'd be like, it's tricky to fix that. Cause what do we do? You know, I would ask you, was it tight when you first, um, had it done? Um, because often it is tight when you first have it done. And then over the first few months, it sort of tends to loosen off. And so if we fix it, we think we're going to make it tight again. Why won't it loosen off again? So, um, you know, that is a bit difficult So to, to fix if it is some looseness there. But I would say to you, look, you might just have to accept that that skin is not as, a, as a tight as it, as it was pre-operative, not pre-operative, pre-weight loss. Um, how long does it take for the swelling to, to fully resolve? Um, a year? To 6, 12, 18, 6, 12, 18 months? Not so much the swelling. That's more, well, I guess the swell, swelling is probably more, you know, three to six months, I'm guessing, you know, but... Uh, it can take 12, 18 months for everything to properly settle, but maybe six months for the swelling. Um, is there a chance the surgeon did not move enough skin? Now, the problem with this, Nick, and it's difficult, and the problem, mate, is that everyone's trying to do their best. Everyone's, I'm sure your surgeon was trying to do his best. 
And the problem when doing any sort of body contouring surgery is that in trying to do our best, we're trying to make it as tight as possible because we want you to be as tight as a drum. We want your skin to be really tight, whether it be a breast lift, whether it be a tummy tuck, whether it be an arm lift, it doesn't matter what your face lift, it doesn't matter whatever operation we're doing, body, when you're with contouring the body, we want to make that skin nice and tight and taut, but we don't want your wounds to break down. We don't want the wounds to ping open, you have wound healing problems, have months and months of dressings, because that can happen, especially on something like a 360 degree lift. That's a big op. And, um, you know, there's a high risk of complications. You've got opposing forces. You're going all the way around the front of the back. The tighter you make the front, the more tension you're putting on the back. So you've got to be really careful with a 360 degree lift, not to overdo one or the other. You overdo the back, you're going to take, uh, put, ping open the front. You're going to overdo the, the, the front, you're going to ping open the back. So it's a really difficult operation, Nick. Um, so, you know, you're saying you've got a bit of that. So we try and make it spot on. We try and make it absolutely spot on. But there's nothing in theatre that tells us how much skin to remove. There's no sort of measure that we go, yeah, 15 centimetres, that's it, that's the one. We just have to do it by experience and by feel. And so we're always trying to make it perfect. But, of course, it's never always going to be perfect, you know. And there's going to be sometimes where we take it way too much and the wound heals, opens up a bit. And there's sometimes when we take away too little and you have a bit of looseness of skin. So is there a chance that the surgeon did not remove enough skin? Yes, there's a chance the surgeon did not remove enough skin. But he's trying to make sure you, are, you heal properly and you don't all the thing doesn't all ping apart. So it's a, you know, I'm sure he wasn't doing it maliciously, trying to, you know, not give you a good result. But it's just difficult to get these things right. And it's you've had a big op and it's difficult to get it right. And I'm sorry it's not 100%, but two months post-op, too soon. Finally, do you perform revision tummy tucks FDL with lipo, Renuvion and MR? What's Renuvion? I'm sure someone asked this before, and I went and looked it, looked it up, um, but I can't remember what it is. Is it some kind of laser thing? I don't do Renuvion. Well, you can probably tell. I don't do Renuvion. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of Fleur de Lis, I've got to be honest with you, Nick. Not a massive fan. Uh, and a lot of this stuff, it is surgeons', surgeons um, views and surgeons sort of experience rather than factual. I'm not factually saying a fleur de is bad. There are probably people out there who's got great results with a fleur de -lis. To be, I mean, I've had pretty good results with fleur de It's not like I've had a bad result with a fleur de -lis. It's just I don't like that big scar up the middle, personally. Um, especially after you've had a 360, considering how you have your fleur de oh, what are you on about? Anyway, I don't know. Um, so maybe, you know, I'd always say to you, Nick, stick with your, stick with your surgeon. Stick with your surgeon. They're in the best place to help you out, especially two months post-op. Um, and good luck with everything. Good luck with everything. Big, big op. And it sounds like you've gone, you've done well and you've gone, um, you know, you've done well. And it could have been, could have been worse. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? God, imagine if I said that to my patients. Don't worry, it could have been worse. Yeah. But, you know, you're not, well, maybe you don't know what I mean, but, you know, it's a big op and you could, you could have had more problems. So um, stick with it, Nick. Stick with it um right what's going on we've got questions coming out of our ears here i don't want to lose sight of instagram excellent stuff Tom. i've done that one right what we got mrs k as on youtube mrs k this is it this is where where the reach really starts kicking off brad you're watching this mrs k's asked a question on youtube um hashtag and not only that use the hashtag ask jj blooming heck mrs k could you please tell me what pain relief you offer to patients after a tummy tuck? Yes, I could, Mrs. K. So um, there's two ways the pain comes when you have a tummy tuck. One is the tension of the skin you're removing. You move a big bit of skin 
and it's under a lot of tension. If you saw the surgery, we have to sort of break the table, we call it, which means to make you sit up, sort of bend you up, you know, bend you like that. So, so there's ten, no tension in your, in your tummy. Um, so one source of pain is that. So when someone's in pain in recovery, the first thing I always say is, let's put more pillows under the knees, let's sit you up a bit more, because maybe tension, taking the tension off there can help. Um, the other source, source of pain is from the muscle repair. We call it a muscle repair. It's not really a muscle repair, but it's um, bringing the muscles together, bring us the, bring us, bringing the rectus abdomini, my muscles together, um, and, and you, you, they're often a bit splayed apart, and you, and you have to suture them together. So that can be a bit uncomfortable because you're suturing those muscles together. And so I will inject local anesthetic into the rectus sheath, um, it's all around the muscles to try and help that pain. So um, that, 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 those are the first two things that are quite effective, local anesthetic into the rectus sheath and bending you more if you're in, in, in pain. But obviously, people are often sometimes in a bit of discomfort afterwards because it is such a big op. And there's a variety of painkillers we can give you. Now, I've got to be honest with you, you might think I'm like, oh, what's your about? I like ibuprofen and paracetamol. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's headache tablets, mate. Come on, give me something better than that. Now, they are good painkillers. And hopefully it just feels tight. It feels uncomfortable. And I like ibuprofen and paracetamol. So if you can be controlled on ibuprofen and paracetamol, great. Often you can't. And often you need stronger painkillers. And if you need stronger painkillers, no problem at all. We can give you stronger painkillers. The problem is stronger painkillers but usually then you're going into the opiate type of painkiller. So opiate type of painkiller means codeine, means morphine, that sort of thing. And the problem with opiates is they can have side effects. Well, all painkillers can have side effects. And particularly with opiates, they make you feel dizzy, they make you feel sick, and they can make you feel constipated. And constipation after a tummy tuck can be worse than the pain. So be careful. If you're using a lot of the opiates, you need to keep yourself regular. Drink plenty of fluids, kiwi fruit, you know, orange juice, keep yourself going. Um, so the sort of painkillers then, so you, you'd start with the sort of codeine phosphate, which can either be just codeine phosphate on its own, or you can have a combined codeine phosphate with paracetamol, which is co, co uh, which is a co-codamol or co-diodamol in some type, and one's codeine phosphate, one's a different type of codeine, but anyway, one of those co-diodamol, co-proximal co type ones, and then you've got your tramadol, you've got your morphine, um, you know, which can become it as an injection or a, or a sort of liquid, which is the oromorph. So, you know, there are there are other types of more, you know, stronger painkillers if you need. Um, but I would say to you, obviously, if you don't need them, don't take them. But if you do, then that is absolutely fine. I uh, hope that's helpful. Um, uh, got that. Je right. Where? I don't know. I we need a queue system here. It's like I was at the car park yesterday. I had to do it, not yesterday, Monday. I had to do a list at the... Um, parkway and it was an afternoon start i'm not used to an afternoon start and they got one of those car parts where you've got to go round and round and it's just a complete lottery whether you get a space if you pass the space and the guy comes out and you've just passed it and the bloke who's just driven in five minutes ago goes straight into that space you've been there for 10 minutes oh, i hate that anyway it's a bit like that because i don't know what's going on with um instagram versus facebook but anyway let's do a bit of instagram i just need i tell you i'm getting overwhelmed i need some help uh, oh, that's it. Better. Right. Okay. You do one of them and I'll do the other one. Right. Oh, God. Phew. Um, I've just duplicated myself in Instagram. Uh, get rid of that one. Okay. Um, which imp implants, which implants, this is Aggie MC, um, Master of Ceremony, Aggie. Which implants op methods are best for reducing capsule contracture? Thank you. The risk of um, uh, polyurethane foam, Aggie. MC are the best. So the rough 
surface of a polyurethane foam. A polyurethane foam implant has got a foam coating around it, which is extremely rough and will reduce the risk of capsular contracture. They're much less likely to go hard than the other types of implants. A bit like the muscle thing, Aggie, I'd be a little bit careful about someone telling you that one sort of implant is the best. So polyurethane implants, in terms of capsular contracture specifically, they are the best. The problem is the rough surface is implicated with ALCL, which is a very rare cancer associated with implants. So the smooth ones don't get ALCL. So some people say, oh, I want the smooth ones. Fine, fine. Yeah, the smooth ones more likely to get capsular contracture. Oh, I don't want to get, oh, you know, so you've got to shoot. And then there's, so there's smooth ones and there's polyurethane foam ones. And in between, you've got textured silicone ones, which are like the smooth ones, which are smooth silicone, but they're, the, the, the silicone coating is textured, is roughened, and you can get different degrees of roughness. So you can get macro textured, which is very rough, which is more similar to the polyurethane. So it's got a lower risk of capsular contracture, not quite as low as the polyurethane, but lower than the smooth ones. And then you've got micro textured, which is a bit rough, which is it's between the macro and the micro. Bit of a nightmare, Aggie, to be honest with you. But basically, answer to your question, polyurethane foam is the simple answer. Um, <clears throat> what am I going to do? I've got Jane asking a question about Portugal. <clears throat> Jane, can you bear with? I've got a question on Instagram here. Hi, hope you don't mind me asking. What type of sedation do you do? Asking this as does want to put as don't want to be put to sleep. Fear for a TT. <clears throat> Amy Lou, I've got to be honest with you. I've got uh, Corinne, I haven't forgotten the YouTube questions. Thank you. Oh, I've done the YouTube questions. Yeah, Mrs. That was Mrs. K. Um I don't I don't know what type of sedation. Um, so that is done by anaesthetist and they do whatever they do. I think it's propofol, I'm not sure. But if you were considering it, you could talk to the anaesthetist, Amy Lou. I've got to be honest with you, for me, tummy tuck is top end in terms of uh, local insulation. And I'm not, you know, I'm like, I think for a tummy tuck, I feel more comfortable with GA personally. <clears throat> I know it can be done and I have done it and it is, you know it is a it is a doable one with local insulation but um you know we could have a discussion and if you really are worried about being put to sleep then it can be done at a local insulation but in terms of what type of sedation i don't know i don't i don't get involved with that i leave that to the anaesthetist but we could let you speak to the anaesthetist and they will be able to help help <clears throat> and ask that question answer that question a lot better than than uh, me i haven't corinne forgotten the youtube question uh Waving, Jackie's here, good to see you. <coughs> Comedic dental, good. Um, Nick, we've done you. Jane, you've been waiting patiently on the sidelines. Thank you. Let's have Jane on the stage, please. Hi, I live in all... Oh, got cramp again. I live in Portugal. And come over to UK a lot. This happened the other week, didn't it? Okay, I live in Portugal and come over to the UK a lot. I'm looking into a tummy tuck in UK. How long do I have to stay in UK for after the operation? Also, do you do online consultation? Thanks, Jane. I was 14 stone and now down to 11.8. I've been told I need to lose another eight pound, which I'm finding difficult. Oh, God. <clears throat> Jane. The first thing I'd say, Jane, is why don't you have it in Portugal? Um, I normally tell people who are in the UK, 
thinking of going to Portugal or thinking going to, you know, wherever, not to go abroad for surgery uh, and to have it close to home. And the same is true when people ask me about having surgery and they live away, they live far away. I would say to them, <clears throat> why don't you have surgery where you are? I'm sure there are very good surgeons in Portugal. So that's the first thing I'd say to you, Jane. Why not have it done in, in, in Portugal? Nevertheless, I'm going to ask the question. Um, how long will I have to stay in the UK after the operation? Um, so you have the operation on whatever day. It's difficult. So it's difficult. you have this operation on whatever day. <clears throat> We'd see you'd stay in hospital one night, me plus or minus. Um, well, probably not minus, you know, one night or so. You'd have drain, drains in. I use drains. Take the drains out before you go home. Um, so then you you so stay in hospital a night or so. Um, then we'd normally see you a week later. Take the dressings off, check the healing. But it might take a couple of weeks to get healed. I mean, the safest would be three or four weeks. But um, I don't know if that's a long time. But then you know, even then, and and the answer to question is yes, we do do online consultations, so we could keep in touch online, and it might be absolutely fine. But it's just a bit of a palaver. If there's a little dog here or something like that, I mean, if you're coming over to the UK a lot, if there's a little dog here or the scar's not settled right, it is nice to see you. Um, but yes, we do do online consultations, but you definitely have to come for the week post-op consultation, um, uh, dressing clinic, and then we'd want to see you probably just healed. Um, so if you could do three or four weeks, that would be good. You've also got to be aware that a tummy tuck's got a high risk of DVT, which are clots in your legs, which can fly off into your lungs, which is also a risk when you're flying in a, in a plane because your legs are sort of bent. So you have to keep your legs moving, keep everything circulating and be aware of that. So you don't want to go flying too soon after a tummy tuck because that would increase your risk of DVT. Um, and you need to get your weight right first, absolutely right. And it is difficult <clears throat> losing the weight. I, I uh, can, can, can appreciate that, but well done on your weight loss so far. And um, But it is good to get your weight right first. Um, but I would think about... Um, would think about maybe <clears throat> having it on Portugal, to be honest with you, Jane. Um, Kaz, hello, is it true you have to change the implants after 10 years? One of my questions, Kaz, thank you for that question. Um, no, it is not. I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know why people always say that, but um, let's keep let's keep um, Instagram happy. Let's, come on, let's do a bit of, Come on, let's have a bit of, bit of snowfall. Come on, um, bit of snowball on paper. I don't know why people say that. I really do not know why people say that, but it is not um, It is not true. What is true is they might start to go hard. I mean, that's the main reason you're gonna to need to have them change. I guess the two reasons you're gonna to have to change, the two commonest reasons you're gonna to have to change is gonna be rupture and, and uh, capsule contracture, which is scar tissue forming around the implant. Um, and if you guess the gibberish, what's that? Sorry. If you um, have a rupture, the, the size, the shape changes, and you know about that, but that's relatively um, uncommon. Um, if uh, and so probably the most common reason to need to have your implants changed would be um, capsular contracture, and it does take five or ten years for capsular contracture to occur. And so it's not unreasonable before you're having surgery to be aware that in five or 10 years, you might need another operation. So that is, I think that is a fair, um, I think that is a fair thing to 
to be um, to be aware of that you might need more surgery. But once you've had surgery, you don't have to have them changed in 10 years. No cares, you don't. Um, and furthermore, personally, and this is a personal thing to me, uh, I don't routinely scan people or uh, investigate them um, for for uh, the implant integrity. Um, can I change? <laughs> What's the most? What's the ingredient you need to work on most in 2022? Can I change the wording? Sorry. Um, so, um, so the most common thing that you're going to need is um, is, is uh, surgery for capsular contracture, but it is not um, it is not uh, necessarily going to happen at ten years. So what I do is I offer people. Um, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to turn this stuff off. Uh, I offer people follow up. I keep an eye on people and say, look, you can come back to clinic. I'm going to examine you. And if you get a capsule contracture, the implant will feel hard and it will be uncomfortable and you're going to want to have it changed. There's no scan or any test that we can do that tell you you need to have your implant changed. So you'll know about it if you need to have if you need to have your implant changed. Um, so. Uh, you know, it's just once you've got the implants in, be aware that you might need them changed at five or ten years. But there's nothing that happens at ten years that you need to have them changed. It's not like a, um, you know, it's not like they wear out or anything like that. It's just your body forming scar tissue around them. Um, so that is that. Thank you, Corinne. Hilarious. Too, too, I love Turkish delight, not the proper stuff. The one, the fries. Oh, gosh. That is dangerous. Bought a three pack and ate them all. Feel like I'm unburdened on this, on this that I did that. I'm not proud of them myself, but no one else liked them. And you know what? I bought a three pack, and I knew no one else liked them. Bought a five pack of cream eggs and ate them all as well. Um, this is all over the Christmas period. I want you to know it's not a routine thing for me. It's just I just let loose. I just let go, and um, not proud of myself. But not tonight. Not tonight. I didn't, Corinne. This is in the past in my, you know, like ages ago. But uh, but I'm feeling the Turkish delight very much so. Um, look at this comment on um, YouTube. Very grateful for comments on YouTube. I want to make that quite clear. Um, but this is V-A-W-R dot T-E-C-H with a variety of upper and lower case. Not sure what that means, but Ashley, Lucas, thank you for the comment. You know, brilliant. Sophie Sinclair. Will you do laser lipo in the future? I think I can never say never, Sophie, because I know what will happen. If I do, you will all drag it up and the Daily Mail will come back with this with this Facebook Live here that I said that I wouldn't do it in the future. So never say never, Sophie, but probably not, Sophie. Probably not. I don't, to be honest with you, from a surgical point of view, I don't see anything that it can do that I can't do already. Um, they do say that it causes some degree of skin retraction and it does help with abdominal liposuction. Not sure about that. So whether that's the case, fine. I always tell people to go and talk to people who do vasal liposuction to see if that's something that they found has been the case. And if so, then that's fine. But on a personal level, from a surgical viewpoint, I don't think it will allow me to do anything that I can't already do. So I can't see myself doing vasolipo in the future, Sophie. But who knows? 
Tomorrow's a mystery, yesterday's history. Today is the present. Yeah, that's we we need to clip that. That's an that's an inspirational video right there. Um, Nick, that's a terrific answer. What to the Baser lipo? No, I'm assuming it means your your one. Thank you. Surgeon said same things you said. Thanks so much. I'm glad we we're aligning. We we're aligning. Me and the surgeon we're aligning. Good. Um, <clears throat> Lisa, what you got? Hi JJ. I had a Klein consultation with you regarding what? Klein consultation. Anyway, regarding my revision and my fra of another hematoma. I had surgery two weeks ago, and would you believe I had another hematoma? Was caught straight away. Needed another op, but no blood transfusions or near-death experience. Thankfully, Klein is online, isn't it? Um, how long do you think swelling takes to go down? It still looks uneven. If so, what would be my options moving forward? So, uh, so Klein, I'm, I'm going with online. Online consultation with you regarding my revision and my fra. Not sure, fra. Something of another hematoma. Two, I can't believe that, Lisa. Another he So you had a hematoma first time and then got another one. God, what are the chances of that? You've got to go and get a lottery ticket, you know, because that's um, maybe that's not. But of course, straight away, you need another op, but no blood transfusions. Excellent. How do you, it's a problem, Lisa, because you've had two ops in a short period of time. When you have a hematoma, you have obviously you have, have to go back and have two ops in a short period of time. So it does take longer for the swelling to settle. Again, Lisa, I say what I said earlier on work with your surgeons stick close to the surgeons they know exactly what they did and they know what you um you know they know what what's going on and they can examine you etc etc but it's going to take months for it to settle it still looks uneven it often does when you first have it done um so you know it, we're talking months lisa we're talking months for the set swelling and all that to go down Still looks up even. What's my options moving forward? <clears throat> Got to be honest with you, Lisa. When people have a lot of problems, and I know you've had a lot of problems, sometimes you've got to think, just let's just sit on it, you know? Sit on it for six, 12 months, and then see where we are and just see if we can live with it. Because sometimes if there are, it gets the law of diminishing returns sometimes, Lisa. If you're chasing this uneven thing and it was uneven before and I've now had a revision, I've got a hematoma now, it's uneven because I've got, you can have scarring all over the place. Scarring is unpredictable. Scarring will settle, will get better, will soften, but it's very hard to fight scarring. And we're fighting scarring with scarring. You know, we're giving you more scarring. So sometimes you've got to say, you know what? I've had these revisions. I keep on getting hematomas. I've had two lots of hematomas now. My God, um, you know, it's still not 100%. But do you want to go through any more? You know, is it worth going through stuff? Hopefully, things is, are better each time you have something done. But it does get to be the law of diminishing returns. When you have your first surgery, you get a big improvement. But then revisions, it's often smaller improvements. But the risks are always there and you need more and more more and more surgery, more and more scar tissue, more and more difficult to give you a nice, soft, natural result. So, yeah, that's where I am, Lisa. So sorry to hear about the hematoma, but I'm glad they sorted it out uh, quickly. And good luck with that. Sarah, hello. I would like a tummy tuck this year. I'm a nurse. How long would I need to take off work for this? Thank you. Nice question, Sarah. To the point, nice, succinct. So, um Oh, fear. Um, big op, Sarah. Tummy tuck. Obviously, there's, well, not obviously, but there are different types of tummy tuck. You've got mini, full, and then 
or other ones. I'm assuming fall. Most people have a fall, I would say. Um, so first week, obviously nothing. Come back, take the dressing off, check it all. Probably two weeks for the wound to heal. After two weeks, you can start doing stuff. Now, a tummy tuck's quite a big op. So I normally say it's two to three weeks before driving, things like that. So the first thing about going back to work, I'm guessing you drive, most people do. So I would say to be safe, and it always is difficult. You might be okay at two, but probably to be safe three um, for driving. So two to three weeks for driving. And then you're gonna feel uncomfortable, Sarah. You're still gonna be a bit hunched over, a bit uncomfortable, um, and you're not gonna be doing anything lifting. So obviously as a nurse, you might, you know, you might, and we can give you a sick note and say, look, three weeks off, three weeks light duties or phase return or something like that, because you, um, if there's anything you can do, can you do an office thing or, um, you know, can, can you do a sort of non-patient facing? So if you can go in and do non-lifting, basically, then um, two to three weeks, but it's six weeks for lifting. So if you can't, it's six weeks. Um, so it is difficult as a nurse because I know you often, you know, someone might fall over in front of you or something, I guess, you know, and what are you going to do sort of thing. So you really don't want to be doing any lifting or any sort of handling or anything like that for, for six weeks, I would say. Um, I know that, I don't know if that's probably not what, I don't know what you want to hear, but that might not be what you want to hear, but it does take a while to get sorted out. Um, I did get the online consultation, Lisa. I didn't get the fear for our fear of another hematoma. I got it now. Susie is looking forward to seeing me on Friday. Likewise, Susie, very much looking forward to it. Can't wait. Jane, because I wasn't comfortable with the surgeon, I saw. What was the question again from Jane? Oh, you live in Port Portugal. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are, you know what? A lot of people, when, when you say to people, don't go to, to, to abroad for surgery, you know, everyone says, I'll oh, botch this, botch that. You know, there are good surgeons in Portugal and there are bad surgeons in Portugal and there are good surgeons in UK and there are bad surgeons in UK. And it's the same in Prague and in Turkey and in, I don't know, wherever else people go abroad for surgery. So there are good and bad surgeons everywhere. Um, <clears throat> and it's not that everybody in the UK is good and everyone in Portugal is bad and, you know. So I would say, see, see others, Jay. I mean, if you're coming over a lot, I mean, if you want to carry it down in the UK, you can. I mean, I think it is, I think we are very good with our standards and, and, and things. And it's difficult to know what the standards are like overseas. I know nothing about Portugal and what their, what their standards are. But, you know, the standards are high in the UK. So I'm not saying don't have it down in the UK, but it wouldn't mean you would have to be here for a few weeks afterwards. And, you know, if you live in Portugal and you have a little bit of scar thing and a bit of a dog ear, it's just easier to go down the road to the clinic and get it fixed rather than, Having to come back here, but um, so yeah, if you weren't comfortable with the surgeon, look, look, look for others, Jane. Look for others, but yeah, we you know you could have it done in the UK. <clears throat> Anna Lee, would it be too soon to go abroad on holiday nine weeks after a tummy tuck, please? It wouldn't, Anna Lee, but you will be a bit uncomfortable still. I think, um, I normally say six weeks is sort of where you want to be, so um, then um, I think you know, nine weeks would be okay, but you'll still be a bit uncomfortable. So if you go on a holiday and you want to have fun and you want to lift the bags and you want to do an excursion or you want to do the water slide or something like that, it might you might be a bit uncomfortable and you'll probably still be a bit swollen and your scar will be quite red and you won't be, you know. So if it's a big holiday and you want to have fun, I would say, you know, you want to leave it a good few months, you know, three to six months, really, for things to really properly start to settle. Um 
so you know nine weeks is okay um but you know particularly if it was a sort of work or something like that but for a holiday that you want to have fun you're probably still going to be uncomfortable you, you could do it but you're still probably still be uncomfortable sarah thank you well thank you for asking the question sarah uh very kind of you um this is a comment i got on my um blog which i'm very grateful for and the blog was talking about breast reductions and do we take the nipple off and this person has said something, I can't remember how, it, how they put it now, but they basically, I think they were saying, you know, can you can you put the nipple back on again? Um, so I, I asked for a bit more information. I don't know if we've got any more information on that, but I'm assuming they haven't got a nipple. So it might be that they've had a, um, a cancer and a mastectomy and a breast reconstruction, which never has a nipple and you would always go and reconstruct it later or it might be they've had a breast reduction and they've lost the nipple um so uh either way i would always say stick with your surgeon so if you had a breast reconstruction you'll have a breast reconstruction surgeon if you had a breast reduction you'd have a breast you know you'd have a surgeon um you know i used to do uh, in the nhs i would did just did breast reconstruction and did an awful lot of nipple reconstructions and so you know can we do a nipple reconstruction yes gotta be honest it's quite a while since i did one between you and me um by quite a while i mean 2022 um eight years eight don't get the yeah sorry about that seven eight years so you know I can show you some of my results, but maybe I'm not the right. Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm not the right person to be doing a nipple reconstruction. It's a pretty simple operation done under local anaesthetic, um, uh, and it usually needs. Well, the way I do it, I make the nipple, which is a bit that sticks out, and then tattoo for the areola, um, which you need to have a tattoo. We have got a tattoo person that, that we refer patients to, but again, for a, for a nipple reconstruction after a breast cancer you'd normally be in a, in a scheme with the breast reconstruction surgery for a nipple reconstruction after a breast reduction that's a little bit different uh, and a little bit more difficult because you're basing the nipple reconstruction on scar because you have had the scarred area of where the old nipple was so that's a little bit more difficult so again definitely happy to advise on that often what i would say is things like tattooing and things because we you know, can do sort of 3d tattoos which obviously doesn't have the projection, but it does cosmetically look probably the best. Um, but it is difficult to make the nipple the bit that sticks out in a scarred area. So it's a little bit more of a difficult, difficult area. So something I'd be very happy to talk about and, and advise on um, whether I be the one doing it. Maybe probably better to see to, to see your, your original surgeon, whether it be a breast reconstruction or a, a breast reduction. But happy to talk about it. But it's not really my niche yes my niche is cosmetic breast surgery but and yes i do breast reductions but hopefully i don't really be having to reconstruct nipples for breast reconstructions now uh, for breast reductions it's mainly for reconstructions um do we offer a procedure for loose skin starting in the under area of the chin no specifically answering your question no are there procedures yes there are procedures for loose skin in, under the chin the first thing will be liposuction hoping that skin recoils and the next thing will be a facelift uh, which will uh, you know a face and neck lift but we don't do that it's not my bag um i haven't done it again a bit like the nipple thing you do these sorts of training but i haven't done it 
for many years i I'm, I'm mainly breast and body contouring yes i'm breast but in terms of the nipple reconstruction that's different that's breast reconstruction which is what my forte used to be but it's mainly cosmetic breast now um, anyway i'm digressing um it's there um got that as well say um so yeah don't faces no um so that would be either liposuction or, or a facelift but it's not our our thing and look at this the last question do implants need to be changed every 10 years we've done it we've done that question no they don't um but if you're having before you have surgery you've got to be prepared for it to possibly need to be changed every 10 years but uh if you've already got implants in you don't have to have them changed every 10 years but it is good to stay close with your surgeon and get them checked etc um but to be honest with you if you have a problem you will know about it you if they if they don't feel hard if they don't feel uncomfortable if you haven't got a swelling if you haven't got a lump then you're all right if you have got any of those things you need to get it checked out that was a bit i mean i don't know about you but i felt that was a big one i just i mean it's bright oh that's better that's better oh it's so bright there um so thank you all for oops thank you all for um contributing very grateful to um to everybody for putting their oar in i am gonna go and see if i can get the second episode of antiques road trips is some to be six um in and i suggest you do likewise that's channel 17 if you have any questions please post them here on instagram or here on facebook slash youtube corin has come in at the last minute smashing q a again jj that's the sort of support we need thanks for the answers really appreciate it as always have a great week and see you soon thanks so much great q a jackie number one fan thank you my number one fans are out on instagram um thank you very much very kind of you to say and i will see you all next i just i think what's happening next week probably i don't even know what's happening tomorrow let alone next week but presumably more of whatever was going on this week so i'll be here at seven o'clock i will see you then have a lovely evening love you big time jayster stainer signing out sign out and the chat facebook loving your work see you next week and youtube thanks for the youtube comments even that weird one thank you for the youtube comments have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.